Hey, good morning, everybody. Happy Father's Day. I loved it, the cheers from the front row when we started. Happy Father's Day. So let's do that again. That was so much fun. Three, two, one. Say it. <laughs> we love that you're all here today. Those who are all online with us, we're glad you're joining. Make sure if you're at home, you gather the kids around. I think we got stuff in here for them and today also. Uh, for our guests today, you got this worship guide and you walked in that Lene talked a little bit about. There are these sermon notes. We're going to be going over one of the Ten Commandments today, and I want you to pay attention there and fill in. This kind of frames that out. For those who are online, this is pinned there on Facebook Live. It's also on our website. For our guests, though, on behalf of our church, we do spend just a minute talking with you that we're really glad you're here. We're really glad you're spending Father's Day with us. This Connect card, we would love you to fill out. It just tears right off. And uh, just even an email address and a name is all we need because we would like to reach out to you on Monday and make sure that we can answer any questions about this church that you're visiting today. You can drop those off in a box right by the doors or you can go out to a welcome center out here where we have a gift for you, but we're really glad you're here. Laws in Life. Laws in Life is this sermon series we're on. We're going through the Ten Commandments uh, through a big part of our summer. So today is a seismic shift in the Ten Commandments. So we've already talked about the first four, to love God, God alone. This is how we worship Him. That's the second commandment, that we always keep His name worthy and never empty or worthless so don't use it in vain that's the third commandment and the fourth commandment is about sabbath about resting but it's about spending that day with god so actually the first four commandments are how we relate to god now we're going to shift out of the first four into the next six and they're about how we relate with others so this is a very important and actually this fifth one we're going to start on today is really important too because it sets a stage did you know jesus was tested when he was on the earth he had a religious scholar a religious person who knew the law really well went up and tested him with this question he said jesus he said what is the greatest commandment he's trying to trick him into valuing something more than something else so he throws him this trick question what's the greatest of the ten commandments and this is how Jesus responded in Matthew chapter 22. It says, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is a first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So Jesus gives the great commandment, we call it. He combined all ten into one. This is how he answered the trick question. And you notice he divided it. The first part is love God with everything you got. That's the first four. And then he said the next six, love your neighbor. That's what the next six are about. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so it's a great response by him. So we're going to move into the last six commandments together about how we love others. And we're starting with the fifth. If you want to jump into the book of Deuteronomy with me, it's the fifth book into your Bible. We're going to be in chapter five. We're here almost all summer as we go through the Ten Commandments. So we'll start here in Deuteronomy 5, verse 16. And this is the commandment about honoring your mother and father. What a great day, Father's Day, to be going, oh, is that ironic? No, we've been planning this for years. <laughs> All right, fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you. Then you will live a long, full life 
in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So the first commandment of how we love others begins with how we honor and love our mom and dad. So this is kind of exciting because it's a lot bigger than just don't be snarky or talk back to your parents. There's so much more in this commandment. This commandment is the closest to the heart because heart is where the home is, right? And so this one's very close and personal to all of us. And, and I've read several commentaries that say, especially Jewish commentaries, where the family unit's so tight-knit that says this is actually the hardest commandment of all of them to follow because it's the one almost every one of us, if not everyone in a room has broken, at least when we got snarky with mom and dad or we didn't live up to treating them as well as we should. But one thing I want to really stress today before you leave is how important the position of this commandment is. This commandment is really important that it is the first one of the six because it sets the stage for the next five. This one sets up everything. We get this one wrong, guess what? The rest are going to fall apart, and you'll see why by the time we're done today. So what does, when we look at this, jumping back in Deuteronomy 5.16, what does honor mean? What does it mean to honor my parents? So let's look at our first sermon note together on the back of your guide. We honor our parents by adding weight to them. We honor our parents by adding weight to them. Actually, the Hebrew word we're looking at here in the Old Testament means to add weight. It means to make them weighty. So, right, we all go out afterwards and we eat deep fat fried foods. I got my picnic shirt all ready to go. Is that what it means? You know, I was one time I was in, this surprised me, I was in Zambia with a mission team and there was a lady with us who, who was part, had been in that Zambian community that went, has led our team. And she walked in and, and went in this little village. And the first thing this woman walked up to her, an old friend, and she says, you are fat. And I'm like, whoa, can you say that? And it was a Zambian way of saying, you are full. You are weighty. God has blessed you. You have some skin on your bones. You have children. You have a full life. She knows her, and she was blessing her by saying, you are fat. I would not encourage in this culture <laughs> using that statement. But weighty does not mean our physical size as much as it means our stature to fill us. To make someone weighty in this, to honor our parents is to fill them. We fill them. We make them weighty by revering them. We make them weighty by obeying them, by prizing and valuing our parents. This commandment is about emotional and spiritual indebtedness an eternal sense of gratitude to those through the miracle of God who gave us life. The fifth commandment, some people, I've seen some debate. Who's this for? Well, let me explain who the fifth commandment is written for. First, do we have any children? We have children. Children here, between one and 12. Raise your hand. How many do we have left? So we have a couple in here. So children, I'm gonna focus right on you. This part's for you. Through the miracle of God, from one to 12 years of age, your parents brought you into the world. God wants you to obey your parents. He wants you to speak respectfully to them. He wants you to always tell the truth. Your first 18 years, it feels like I'm zeroing in on you, doesn't it? I know there's some watching too online, so I'll pick on them too. For your first 18 years of your life, your parents sacrifice and pour in so they can launch you into the world. So this fifth commandment is written for children, one to 12. It's also written for teenagers, ages 13 to 18. I'd ask them to wave their hands, but they probably won't. 
13 to 18, this is probably, the, you know, as I look at this and I think of my own life, it's probably the most difficult time in our life of honoring our parents. And if you think back to times you were snarky or didn't do a great job, it probably was in this phase. This is a phase where the world is telling us that our parents are out of touch, they're not connected, they don't really know. And at the same time, our parents are teaching us independence so when they kick us out of the nest, we can flap our wings and fly on our own. But we like that independence early, right? As teenagers, so we like to get independent early and think we know everything, and that's where the kind of the conflagration begins. But let me encourage the teenagers to spend time really during this season of life to talk with your parents. Do not respond with just a grunt or two words, but really savor the time as they are finishing you up to launch you into the world. So the fifth commandment is for children. It's for teenagers. It's also for young adults, 19 to 29. Let's, let's pick that category. This is the time of life that we go out in the world and realize our parents were right. This is the time that we go out in the world and realize my money runs out really quick because I'm making minimum wage. My house can break. My apartment has a mess. Things hit me. And, and, and this is that era, and we always think scientifically it's about 20 years old that you realize my parents are okay. They were right. I need them. And God gives us our parents as a safety net as we flap our wings and we fly into the world. And as we realize how right they really were, all that wisdom, our val their value, their stock goes up, right, in our minds. But not only is the fifth commandment for children, teenagers, and young adults, it's for adults who are 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s. The fifth commandment is written for them. It's written that we honor our parents, and that continues for a lifetime. It includes that we help our parents finish well. That we be prepared. This one's kind of hard in our culture. That as adults, that we be prepared to sacrifice for our parents who are going to need us, who sacrifice so much for us. And another thing is, even if our parents are gone in this room, we still honor them in our legacy and name. So I think we got the point. The fifth commandment is for everybody in this room. When I was thinking through the Ten Commandments, we're getting ready for the series, I was thinking, why, why did God make only ten? Why are these the top ten? And, and when I first started going into honor your, your mother and father, I thought, well, why did this one make the top ten? Because I know most kids actually cherish and love their parents who unconditionally love them, parents who nurtured them, parents who validated their kids growing up. To give them love back is natural. So why would God need to create a commandment to love our parents well and honor them? Let's look at our next sermon note. Because dishonoring our parents is a grave sin. This one seems the simplest of all, not that big of a deal, and what we're going to find out here is actually a huge deal. It's a grave sin to dishonor our parents. So let me explain why. The family unit, throughout the history of mankind, the family unit is the most important part of a healthy society, and when you have a healthy society, you have a healthy nation. It was true in Israel when they were wandering through the desert and God gave them the Ten Commandments. It's still true today. The enemy knows, if I want to break down a nation... I'm going to start with the family. If I break down the family unit, I break down society. When society breaks down, I can break down an entire nation. It's one of the key points of attack. 
And a lot of times when we sit here and wrestle with the Old Testament and the law, it's really important we see how the New Testament speaks to the law. So let's go to 2 Timothy 3.1. This is how an enemy knows he can break down a nation. 2 Timothy 3, starting in verse 1, it says, In the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They'll be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others. They will have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate is what is good. They will betray their friends. They'll be reckless. They'll be puffed up with pride and they'll love pleasure rather than God. Look at this one, verse five. They will act religious but they will reject the power that can make them godly. That's just amazing. It caps it off with that statement. In the last days, you know, I remind you theologically, we believe the day that Jesus rose from the grave and, and ascended into heaven, the last days began. As a matter of fact, today we're one day closer to Jesus returning, amen? But I don't know if, like most people say, well, is this the last, last days? You know, like the really last days where this ugliness is going on I would tell you when we reference America and our nation, the family structure of America is under violent attack and has been. And the way I can just, I can throw stats at you left and right. Some of the ones that break my heart is that in, in certain areas, the majority of areas of our nation, one out of children today are being born out of wedlock. And when we have single parents raising families, we have difficulty honoring parents because one's absent and they don't know what that's like to have a mom or a dad. We're going through a significant struggle redefining marriage from one man, one woman for life. And one of the things that we see in stats regarding the Christian church is the family unit is moving further, as broken as it is, is moving further and further away from the church family. And I could go on and on about this, but I think it's really evident. I don't know if this is the last, last days, but we're looking at this saying the family structure has been under attack. The enemy knows I can break this down. I'll break down society. You look around us and see society in flames. You wonder why? Because the families are under attack. So how important is honoring our parents? Why is this one right here? Look at all the stuff in 2 Timothy. Look at all the stuff, all this hateful energy And right in the middle is this really almost innocuous disobedient to parents. Is that a big deal? Yeah, it's a huge deal. If the family unit breaks down, so does society, so does nations. Jesus, and even looking at that, Jesus looked at the religious leaders. Here's a scripture for you in the New Testament also. Who They were dishonoring their parents. So we've been talking a lot about the family unit, but let's talk about how, even, how it even happens at, at this level. In Mark chapter 7, verse 6, Jesus replied to this, the group of religious leaders, you hypocrites, he liked that word with them a lot, you skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own tradition. For instance, Moses gave you this law from God, honor your mother and father. And, he's quoting another scripture here, anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. But you say, religious leaders, it is all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you. For I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. 
And this way, you let them disregard their needy parents, and so you cancel the word of God to hand down your own tradition. He's even looking at the importance of not children, but our eldership and how we take care of families, where even religious leaders were saying, well, I gotta give this to God, so I'm not gonna take care of my family. Jesus shared this is a big sin. You know, this is interesting during this time where he's talking about them taking care of their parents. There was no social security during this time. There was no nursing homes or assisted living or things, systems to take care of families. There was family, and that was it. And Jesus quotes, when you dishonor your parents, he's quoting from Exodus chapter 21 that the penalty of sin, of that sin, is death. If you go through the Old Testament, only the gravest sins had the penalty of death. Jesus knew, as well as God when he wrote the Ten Commandments, that if I don't honor my parents, it can tear down everything. That's how grave of a sin it is. But ladies and gentlemen, thank God we are no longer judged by the law, but we are judged by grace. And we don't have that penalty sitting over our heads So I've been talking about everything within the family unit, but let me show you how far this can expand. So let's go to our next sermon note. Number three, honoring our parents is foundational to honoring all authority. How I understand authority within my family structure becomes how I respect authority outside my family structure. Honoring my parents is foundational to how I treat all people. Can you start to see the crescendo towards the other commandments now? If I can't respect and honor my parents, then I normally will struggle with all authority. I'll struggle with law enforcement. I'll struggle with civic leadership. I'll struggle with the president of the United States. I'll struggle with church authority. Romans 13.1, if you want to write that one down in your side notes, reminds us everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Let me pull the converse here. If, if we fail to honor those around us, whether superiors, inferiors, equals, is to engage in rebellion against God. Casting off earthly authority is casting off heavenly authority. The one who placed those earthly authorities over us. I believe the fifth commandment is here for a really big reason. And it's this next note together, verse, uh, sermon number four. Loving our neighbor begins at home. If you pull all this together, the fifth commandment is there for a reason. Loving our neighbor, which is part of the great commandment, starts at home. All the rest of the commandments we're going to go through the next few weeks about how the sanctity of life, stealing, coveting, uh, jealousy, false witness are impacted about how we love God with all we got and it starts at home with how we honor our parents. This sets the foundation. It impacts everything else we're going to talk about. Can you see this? Do you know our home is our first church? Our home is our first hospital, our first classroom our first government. It's where things start to shape.
So we've been talking about, we've been trying to go over the Ten Commandments. There's not a bunch of don'ts, but they're actually a bunch of do's. The early church leader, Paul, let's go back to the New Testament again. He's talking about the importance of the fifth commandment to this young church in Ephesus. So let's go to Ephesians 6, verse 1. He's reminding them of the Old Testament here. He says, children, he's talking to the children of this young church. He says, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. Or this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on earth. He's quoting back from Deuteronomy 5.16. He's saying we honor our parents because we belong to the Lord. We honor our parents because we belong to Christ. That's where it starts. And he makes a point about this commandment. It's our fifth sermon note. The fifth law is the first law with a promise. What he's pointing out is this one that goes into detail. It really gives an ironclad promise that follows up the command. And here's that command. If you do this well, you'll live long. You'll be weighty. Just like your parents are held to be weighty. The converse is true. If we don't listen to our parents, we go hang out with that guy who gets us in a lot of trouble. Next thing I know, I'm addicted to drugs. Yeah, my life's going to be shorter and I'm going to have a really hard life. If we don't listen to our parents about what holy sexuality is, I have a three-month-old infant I'm trying to get through the world by myself with. And if you have never done that, that shortens your life. It's hard. But if we obey our parents, we honor them, we make them weighty, life will be fuller and stronger. It's a commandment with a promise. I always like saying this, God has not failed a promise in the Bible yet, this whole book. He's not failed a promise yet. So let's finish with how can I honor then? What are some practical ways that we could walk out of here today and really make sure we're honoring our parents through childhood for our youngins? For adulthood, to our older ends, whatever you, word I want to use there. We honor our parents, your last sermon note, we honor our parents in childhood and adulthood by first, leaning into their wisdom. The world has so many twists and turns. It's a really tough and broken place. It's a beautiful place too, but life experience is a great teacher and our parents have a lot of life wisdom. I have two sons in their 30s, and I still love it when they call saying, Dad, I got a question. You bet. I love it. And I really hope I give them the right answer. I love it when they call and ask for wisdom. It honors our parents when we seek their help. And they are just a tank of wisdom. Second, we honor our parents in childhood and adulthood by esteeming them through reflection. We honor our parents by reflecting them, which esteems them, encourages them, fills them, makes them weighty. I love watching my sons. My son just got a job, our oldest, in Peoria, Illinois, as a pastor. He's got a new role, new leadership. We're excited. They're leaving in two weeks. It's seven hours away. I try to get our small group to pray against it all the time they didn't. <laughs> really happy for him, our grandson's going with. I'm so proud of him. 
the choices he's making things. He's not perfect. I'm not perfect. My dad was here this weekend, and he reminded me, he goes, I'm not perfect. I know we're not, but we're all getting better every day. We reflect our parents when we live well, when we reflect their strengths and values, when we reflect their faith values. It jacks our parents up. Remember to reflect them publicly, esteem them privately. Share with them the joy of how you reflect them. Parents, one tip. Um, my dad was here first service. Got him a little bit. Allow your children to bless you. It's like we go out to dinner. My dad will not hear of me ever paying. So I got on him this morning and said, Dad, let me spend 10 bucks on you when you've spent 100 grand on me and, uh, and my brothers and sisters. And if you look, you spend a lot of money on your kids to bring them into this world and raise them up. Parents, allow your children to bless you. Third, we honor our parents in childhood and adulthood by not forsaking them when they are old. Always love and care for our parents. If you want to write a scripture verse here in your side notes, write in Psalm 71, 9, where the King David says, do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. As we all know, as our parents age, they lose their strength physically. They grow spiritually, but they also begin to lose their independence. It's a hard place to be. Kara's with her mom right now who fell and broke her hip three days ago. And it's hard. We are in a culture where age is not honored well, where strength and vitality are pushed back against that, please. Honor the wisdom in age. We honor our parents by not forsaking them. America has great systems that we can actually cast off our parents and have people take care of them. Please never forsake our parents. Take care of them. Help them finish well. The last one uh, is kind of the toughest one. It's really a good one, but it's a really tough one. We honor our parents in childhood and adulthood by f forgiving them. I know how broken this world is, and you do too. We know how many people have not had parents or solid parents. And we know when you preach a sermon like this, it's pretty positive. It's like if you had a bad relationship with a mom or dad or both, you haven't listened probably to a single thing I've talked about so far because the hurt is so bad. The reality is in this broken world is that there are victims of abuse. There's children that are raised by single parents who've never known a dad or a mom. There is a lot of family dysfunction, there's tragedy, there's unwise decisions, there's parents who put unrealistic expectations on their children, there's anger and deep woundedness. The highest honor we can give our parent is forgiving them. The highest honor we can give a parent is forgiving them. And I want to try to explain this a little bit more through a special way. I'm going to call the worship team up to join me. I'm going to put a scripture up here from Ephesians chapter 4 up on the, up here for us to look at. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4 reminds us, for those of us that are hurting and have struggled, 
with our relationship with our parents. Ephesians 4, verse 31 reminds us, get rid of all the bitterness and the rage and the anger and the harsh words and the slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. How do we do that? Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. That's where the power comes from. It's hard to forgive. Most of us can't without the power of the Holy Spirit in us through what Christ did for us and how he forgave us to put us in touch with our Heavenly Father again. And that's what we celebrate and remember in communion. Communion is a time together that we're one family. Broken, messy, getting better, stronger. We're a great looking group, but we all go through stuff. We come here to celebrate in communion that we have been forgiven through Christ. We don't have to have enough power strength to forgive our father or our mother on our own. We forgive as we've been forgiven. And that's a powerful moment here as we come together as a family looking for that strength together. Communion here is open to everybody who has a relationship with Jesus, who understands what this is about. You're welcome to come up. We're going to go into worship together. There are trays here, uh, and there's one up above. There's a piece of bread, and there's a, a cup. I encourage fathers to lead the way. Pick a piece of bread up, a cup, and actually return to your seats. Don't take just yet. We're going to take together. But while we're doing communion, remembering what Jesus did for us to make us right with the Heavenly Father, I want you to wrestle with the joy Maybe all you can do is celebrate joy from your parents and do that. And celebrate the joy we have in being forgiven and set free by Christ. But maybe this communion is a time to really get a hold of that first step of forgiveness. That this Father's Day is a day that you took a step to heal and reconcile and restore. That can happen right here. So as the music starts, be brave, come on up, and we'll take together in just a moment.
hard fact that on a cross Jesus hung nailed there, pierced not for somebody else's transgressions and sins but for all of ours he's on a cross because of all of our sin that helps us remember sometimes that how we forgive is because we all contributed to that but out of love he died for us anyway so that nothing would block us from coming to the Holy Father one of the most main things to give us power to forgive ourselves one of the most amazing things is recorded in Luke chapter 23 where Jesus hanging on the cross looked at the ones who nailed him to it and said Father forgive them for they don't know what they're doing and maybe that's something we need in our heart today if we struggle with a parent that today you can walk away and say Father forgive them I don't think they knew what they were doing and move forward would you hold this piece of bread up with me? In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took some bread, he broke it into pieces, he gave it to his closest friends, his family, just like us. He gave thanks to God for the bread, and he, and he said, this is my body, 
This symbolizes my body, which is given for you as a sacrifice. He said, do this in remembrance of me. So let's take it together, remembering his sacrifice for us. Continuing on in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says, In the same way, Jesus took a cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant. It's a new agreement between God and his people. That's us. An agreement, Jesus says, is confirmed with my blood, which is what the juice symbolizes is his blood. He said, Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink of it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. And we're so looking forward to today's one day closer. So let's take this together remembering we've been forgiven. I'd like to do a prayer of offering. I'll remind you when you leave today, there's boxes by the door that if you have a financial gift to bless the church, continue the mission here, please drop that off on your way out today. Let's bow our heads in offering together. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for these words from your fifth commandment, how the family unit is so important to everything else, how the church family unit is so important to everything else, for it symbolizes your family unit, Father, Son, Spirit. Father, help us today to honor our parents well as a whole in our life. And thank you for the promise that you'll fill us. We'll be waiting and we will be honored. Father, I pray for the people today that are just praising you in this room because they have great parents. Thank you for that blessing. And Father, I pray that those who just ask forgiveness and forgive their parent or parents, that Father, you give them the strength to walk free from that. And Father, you give them the hope that this can be restored. Maybe today we make a phone call. Maybe we go make a visit. Whatever it takes to take the first step to say, I love you. I love you as Christ loved me. Father, the church is the reconciling force for broken families in this world. Let us go out here today, not be angry about what's going on in the world but be compassionate and empathetic and make a difference in restoring families and bring them into this family because it's a beautiful family, your body of Christ. Father, bless our church in a special way today. That's our offering to you. Thank you for offering your son to us. And we look forward to the day we're all together as one big family. No more pain, suffering, nothing. A great day that will be. We pray all this in the mighty name of Christ. Amen. Sometimes I wonder where I'd be without you. Would I understand life? Would I make right choices? Would I live out my faith? 
Thank you for showing me what it means to love God and for giving me your all, even when it was difficult. Thank you for the discipline I deserved and the grace I didn't, and for being present, even though you had so much on your plate. Thank you for picking me up and encouraging me to try again, and for the little life lessons I still lean on today. The truth is, I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for you. As I look back on my life, I see moment after moment where your influence, your wisdom, and your strength made all the difference. Thank you for loving me. Today, I give thanks. Today, I am grateful. Today, I celebrate you. I love you, Dad. <laughs>